0: In fifth floor in Avalon Park, Orlando, Florida.
1: Welcome to the fifth floor, Orlando's latest co-working space where you can connect and grow your business. Whether your business just needs an address with a virtual office, a desk, or a private office, we have an option for you. Located in the heart of downtown Avalon Park, the views can't be beat.
0: Our idea is to to build a worldwide network of Fifth Floor.
1: With relationships both locally and globally, there's a place for you to connect with the people who can help you grow your business. There's a cafe to grab a cup of coffee. We even have a podcast room and a wellness room. With local and global connections, the Fifth Floor is the perfect place for you to elevate your business.
0: The Fifth Floor is office space and many, many other Services, tools, contents, business relationships, global connections at your fingertip and at your size?
1: Welcome.
2: The fifth floor Orlando location includes 22 private offices, 12 dedicated desks, multiple hot desks, unlimited virtual offices, three conference rooms, a presentation slash event room, a wellness room, a podcast room, a mail room, and a cafe. Despite the pandemic, many markets globally have shown increased demand for flexible workspace and on shorter terms. A testimonial from Isabella Johnston. We are ecstatic about working out of the fifth
0: floor and being part of the Avalon Park community. Welcome to Intent Whisperer Live, the show all about the future of work.
3: I love his energy. Every time he brings that voice, he's like commanding the show here. I think that is awesome. Thank you, Caesar. As you know, our show is all about education, innovation, and the future of work. And so today's guest is Jacqueline Seaton, who is the community manager here at the 5th Floor Orlando. Yes. Welcome, Jacqueline. So excited.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for having me. This is
3: very significant because I am a member of the 5th Floor. Yes. As I won one of those spots here in the Avalon Innovation Center. And so this has just newly opened and it is super cool here.
1: Thank you. I'm glad you like it. I do. And <laughs> last week you
3: had what?
1: We had our grand opening ceremony mm. and a couple hundred people here. And we did. Lots All of being COVID compliant. Absolutely. Yes. yes, as we are also. Mm-hmm. Okay,
3: so mm-hmm. why don't we just go ahead and kick off. Tell us about your education your background, where you came from, all that. I was always surprised when I was talking with you last week.
1: Yes, when I told you that I'm originally from Jamaica.
3: Yeah, didn't see that one coming.
1: (laughs) Yes, and I I moved to New York City with my family when I was very young, Mm -hmm. so I mostly grew up in New York. You don't say New York like New York. New York? I I don't know. (laughs) I think because I have a mixture of different accents and it kind of comes out different. I absolutely love New York and I love growing up there. But I did move to Orlando very recently and I'm loving it here as well. Yeah, no snow, right? Yes, I love the sunshine Mm -hmm. and I went to the beach several times since I've been here, which in New York, everyone was bundled up. So they're Mm -hmm. very jealous. That's important. Uh Sure enough is. I know that to be
3: true. And I'm sure you periodically go, I would. I would take a screenshot of my phone that says 81 degrees. (laughs) What what is it like up there for you? I absolutely do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Just saying I would do that. (laughs) So where did you go to school?
1: So in terms of my education, I actually have a degree in visual communication. Oh, so what does that mean? I really focused on fine art, actually. So and For a artist. final, yeah. So, I'm basically in my time not at the fifth floor, I'm really involved in art, visual art, uh, written art. My daughter also goes to a performing arts school, she's a musical theater major. So, there's always art around me in my house and in my life. Mm. Yeah.
3: What's your favorite type of art that you do? Do you do this in your personal life? I'm just curious yes,
1: illustration? Uh, maybe? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So, I love to paint. Mm. And I do expressionist paintings. I'm fortunate enough to actually sell some of my paintings. I also love to write. And back in the day when I was younger, I used to do, you know, that artsy poetry reading Uh in the New York poetry scene and stuff like that. So it's really different from what I do here. I think that it actually kind of ties in together sometimes in terms of being a visual person. It helps with marketing, staging, just also uh, understanding, visualizing with people when it comes Mm -hmm. to their office space, for Mm -hmm. instance. Well, it has a little tie-in.
3: Oh, I think it has a lot yeah. of tie-in. Now mm-hmm. that you explained it, I can definitely see that. Yeah. And I will say, Caesar, I know that you haven't been able to see this office. What I think I'm going to do is do a little walking tour, and I'm going to post it on my social feed, because it truly does look like an interior designer. And I don't know how much of it you got to pick, <laughs> but if you got to pick it, then yeah. it's screaming, design. Yeah I think the
1: design here is absolutely gorgeous. It is beautiful. I love the colors. Mm -hmm. I love the feeling and everything just sort of blends and flows very well. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't take credit for most of it at all. There was a great design team and I was able to add a few touches to it but Mm -hmm. there was a great design team from Avalon that worked on this.
3: What I like about it, we actually have my laptop. It's on top of this piece of wood that is, I would say, a petrified wood, maybe. I'm not sure. But it's a a cross-section of a trunk of a tree. And it's turned into this gorgeous resin tabletop that has multiple layers. I'm trying to really give it.
1: It's These pieces for the conference rooms, these river tables, I believe they're called, were actually custom-made the space so each one is just the right size for each conference room and it's an original actual piece of wood that's chosen just to be the right size for the space that it's going to sit in
3: Mm. it is so pretty from the Mm -hmm. wallpaper to the flooring to the actual furniture in here it's all very comfortable to sit in and and i can just definitely be that testimony for it so very nice very nice caesar you did the research i'm going to let you do this next question here
0: So I did my little research and I found that you were a volunteer with Behind the Book in New York. I found that interesting. And also, you were also an art teacher. So explain to us what was the best part of those roles and challenges that came with those experiences.
1: So with Behind the Book and also with the art teaching, they were both volunteer opportunities. I used to go into New York City public schools at the elementary and middle school level with these organizations to bring literature and art to the children that may have been underserved in those areas. So we used to do things like bring in authors for them to meet and discuss books. Oh my God. Yes. And do uh, art projects with the children.
3: What is the range of the, the kids that were there? Were they elementary or was it K through 12? It was,
1: yeah, it was elementary and middle school students. And I really loved actually working with the elementary school children the best, the little ones. Yeah. yeah, And they were always so enthusiastic about the art and so smart. That was the best part for me. I would say the only challenge was just I wish that we could all do more for them in that area because they were really hungry for it. They loved it. We loved working with them. I think that art is so important, not just for kids, for everyone. Oh yeah. Yeah, and to bring it to them. I just feel like if there was a way to stress that uh, it's really important and kids in school should be exposed to it. Yeah, it
3: definitely increases the that someone has. I've even read, this was a while back, I was an English major literature yes i'm really understanding what you're saying there and i was an art wannabe i was not exactly an artist but i loved art so much so a lot of my electives were all art such Mm -hmm. as like sculpture and then there was jewelry making and then there was illustration and there was painting there was everything i could i was trying to experience it all Mm -hmm. anyway the thing about art is in the concentration camps i remember this as a study is that they had demonstrated even the ability to sing was something that lifted the spirits. And so was anything that they could do that was bringing something that was color into those drab areas. It's what gave them hope.
1: Yeah, it made a big difference. It does. You wouldn't think that in a space like that, that anything could make a difference. Yeah, it's really powerful that you say that, art can do that.
3: Yeah, and there's also been, I, I believe that there's studies also out there on how it helps individuals with mental disabilities. So art is really, really valuable across mm-hmm. the board. We, we don't, it's one of the first places they cut the budget in schools and that's
1: really sad. Yeah, it is. We were just talking about how the space here at the fifth floor looks for instance and how that look makes you feel. Yeah. yeah it's just a Innovative. concrete example of how the way, you know someone has designed something and put it together artistically makes a huge difference in the way that people will come into the space and feel, and to know you can work there in that type of environment. Feels beautiful as opposed to if you were just in a clean, utilitarian space, you Yeah, know? yeah. So yeah, it's, it's important for all types of environments.
3: I agree. Some whiteboards. I don't know if you guys have plans <laughs> for whiteboards or, or a wall that I can write on. That would be great. You know, I like that. I like that there's the glass windows. Mm-hmm. And so if I could use that even as a whiteboard, mm-hmm. you know, that would be good.
1: Well, Isabella, we have a couple of whiteboards. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the one in the large presentation room is on wheels, so we can mm-hmm. bring it. To any room that you're working in. Okay. Don't worry. (laughs) That's good to hear.
3: Very good to hear. So I'm going to go with the uh, next question. So we were doing some research also on co working and we were looking at what it looks like for the future. We're holding that question for later in the show here. Mm -hmm. But co working, why did you choose co working? Because you went from You know, truly art and, you know, the value that it has in education. Yeah. How did you end up in co-working as an industry?
1: I think I didn't so much end up in co-working as an industry, but I ended up working in that space because of my background in management and operations. So I I actually started working when I was in high school, when I was 15 years old. And I started working at Barnes & Noble because my Mm -hmm. aunt was a manager there. So I used to be a part-time cashier at Barnes & Noble. And then by the time I was in my 20s, uh, going to school, I became a manager. So I've Mm -hmm. been sort of managing something since I was in my 20s. I stayed at Barnes and Noble for almost a decade, and I had a daughter and moved abroad for a while and so forth. Oh, that's so interesting. When I came back to New York City, I wanted to go back into my managerial role, if you will. And then I started to work in a co-working space as a director of operations in that industry. Mm -hmm. So, Is um, this in New York? That's in New York. I was at a more boutique, small co-working space. And kind of like the fifth floor, they were new to the industry as well. They needed me to kind of build their operational systems from the ground up a lot of the times. And I was there for a while. Then I moved to a larger company where I then branched out into a lot of sales. I was still doing operations, but the sales were a lot more of what I did in that company. And I was there for almost a decade. as well. Then I came here to the fifth floor. <laughs> very
3: nice. Very nice. So, yeah. the background of sales definitely mm-hmm. transitioned into this role. Mm-hmm. And it's really good that you have experience working with startups because we're always moving a mile a minute, you know, like a second, probably a mile a second, honestly, is how I feel it is. And there's always a lot of, oh, we've got to do this, we've got to do this. And so, being able to, it's like herding cats, I would think, for you. Herding cats? Yeah, like you're having a bunch of cats and they're running all over the place. And how do you get those cats to go in one direction? You've got all these people here.
1: Well, I think not only being in co-working or having that experience in co-working, but also just being from New York. Mm -hmm. Things going a mile a minute and multitasking and taking, you know, a lot of moving Mm -hmm. parts and getting them straight ahead is something that... You know we're just absolutely used to, so I think with those two components, uh, I, don't, I don't find it too hard. <laughs> uh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha.
3: Well, I think that's super interesting. Co-working. Now I have some experience in co-working also, mm-hmm. and I I've shared that with you before. Mm-hmm. So I work out of four co-working areas actually. Yeah. Avalon is truly my favorite because it is so beautiful and it's new and all of those fun <laughs> things. It's yeah. really really nice. It's also very easy to park. you know here that is true as opposed to sometimes downtown and then you know there's just like everything I can actually go and visit door to door to door to potentially you know my customers so I like that very very much it gets me out gets me some exercise allows me to be a part of the community a little bit easier than some of the other places so you know I don't know just the people in this space but I can also know the people in the the neighborhood so I like that Avalon does that
1: Yeah, that's the great thing about Avalon, and I think one of the things that would set the fifth floor apart as a co-working space, Mm -hmm. that it's part of this community. Yeah. So when you're here, you have this space, but as soon as you step outside, you have so many businesses right there within walking distance, so Mm -hmm. many services, restaurants, and a community of people that all get to know each other and work together.
3: Was it the same in New York, or is it would it be different? I visited New York once and I can tell you the I understood what, once I got there, I always heard this expression, it's the city that never sleeps. And I went, how is that even possible? And I don't even get it. But once I got there, I truly felt the energy of the city. And I went, oh my God, I do feel the heartbeat. I understand everything that they're talking about now. And it just like, it never stopped. And it was so diverse. There was like every world was represented or every country was represented in some area of New York. And so I honestly, people could tell I was a tourist because I was like this all the time. at yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every single skyscraper there was. And yeah. I, I was there for a week, but I don't think I had near enough time. Yeah. So I, you know, going back to that question that I originally stated was, you know, is co-working the same? Is it that sense of community? I don't know, is it? You, you can uh, tell me that.
1: Well, it I think a lot of it depends on that particular co-working space that you're in. Oh,
3: that's true. Yeah.
1: If you're in the right space where it's really fostered and people have a, a great mindset and the staff at the space have that type of you know idea to foster that, then absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. And I mean we've only been open for a very short time, but you can already feel that sense here in the mm-hmm. fifth floor. I mean when we had our grand opening for instance, because of the Avalon Park community, some people that are here as members and people that came from outside, they might know each other or at least know of each other, or at the very least, want to get to know each other and see not only personally, but if there's a way for business collaboration. So I would say it depends on the space. And for this space, I really see that happening.
3: Yeah, I know that's true, because it was pre opening and I was here and I was you know, learning about, okay, so this is where I'm in a hot desk and, you know, here's where it is, but I was seeing all of the other people that were coming in from, you know, my cohort and you were going, oh, this is exactly what I love seeing, you know, everybody's like talking to each other
1: like right away and so it made it exciting. Yeah, You, you asked if it's kind of like New York, that's kind of the reason why I also live here in Avalon Park and that's one of the reasons why I chose it because you are able to just go outside from your co-working space where you would have some collaboration and still have everything within walking distance and have that community and just feel like you're in that spot where you can, you don't have to necessarily drive or look far for what you need.
3: Now, I know that this is going to be one of those controversial topics. Uh Uh Uh-oh. (laughs) Uh-oh. So... New York pizza. What makes New York pizza so much better than any other place? People tell me it's the water. How is the water any
1: different, honestly? Well, I can say that the water in New York is delicious. Does Um, it taste different than the water here? It does. Really? (laughs) That was one of the first things I noticed when I I moved here, that the Hmm. water is different. Does it it
3: taste more like filtered water, like bottled water?
1: Yeah, the water in New York, it, it tastes and smells very pure yeah you can you don't feel bad about drinking it from the top at all interesting Uh, i'm not sure if that's why the pizza is good but i think the pizza is good because of the crust Mm. the thin crust and then there's a lot of cheese on the pizza
3: yeah that sounds like (laughs) pizza i'm gonna throw pizza uh, uh, you know a little bone here i like pizza Hut pizza because it's got i get the thin crust that's virtually paper and then it's got tons of cheese on it Mm. and it's got the cheesy grease and I'm going this is the pizza I love and then
1: you can get it just straight out the oven you're making me feel a little bit like
3: (laughs) yeah so I guess (laughs) you're going to have you know people send you pizza from New York here yeah yeah for your birthday when's your birthday uh, December. Okay. So I'll have to remember that. Maybe I can find a pizza place that will send me a pizza here for you. I have the website for you. Okay. <laughs> See, she's already helping me with her gift. How awesome is that? That's great. Okay. So anyway, back on topic here. So you did tell us about the fifth floor, but yeah. gosh, there's a history there. And I know the original one is in Switzerland, right? That's right. Yeah. Did they give you any kind of a briefing about them? Because I know some of it. I can probably
1: fill in some gaps. Um, well, when it comes to the fifth floor, the the original fifth floor is it's Basel, fifth, right? It's in Basel, Switzerland. And that's because our founder of Avalon Park is from Switzerland. And their location in Switzerland is actually on the fifth floor. Oh. Okay. But of course, it was a great success. And so it's been expanded over here to Orlando. They'll call the fifth floor, but we're actually located on the second floor. Yeah, no, that's a yeah. <laughs> fun fact.
3: So anybody that's listening to our show, they need to know that when they come to the fifth floor in Orlando, it's on, it's on the second floor. floor of the building, yeah. but we'll know that if you listen to the show, if you mention it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's really good. Mm-hmm. What was interesting to me is that the fifth floor in in Basel, mm-hmm. they have their own podcasts. And it is the fifth floor and it's on NPR. Mm. So I don't know if anybody else knew that. I listen to it. I can't honestly remember what day of the week is because all my days I'm a startup. So all my days are the same, but I like listening to it because they have uh, different types of accents in there and I find that very interesting. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I like it. The fifth floor is very international. It sure is.
3: Where are there other locations?
1: So we are slated to open in Puerto Rico in a couple of months. Mm -hmm. San Juan, right? Yes, San Juan, Puerto Rico, and there's a couple of locations in Singapore, and I believe Sydney, Australia as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah.
3: so that's uh, very interesting about the fifth floor. Thank you for sharing a bit about their history. Why did did Bea, mm -hmm. and I know that is our founder here of Avalon, the community, Mm -hmm. why did he choose this particular location out of all of the other, he has other locations, right? There's Wesley in Jacksonville. He has communities in those mm-hmm. areas. But
1: why, why did he choose choose Orlando? Do you know? I think that Orlando is really ripe for co-working. Also, because of what's happening uh, with COVID, mm-hmm. here in this tight-knit community, it was found out that a lot of people now have to work from home. Mm-hmm. And it's just you know a great addition to the community so that they'll be able to not just work from home or partially work from home, and that they'll have a place to come and work because you can, you know, you can do a private office here, but you can also do just a desk or a day rental mm-hmm. or a virtual office. And so it was really a way not only to get on the the cusp of the popularity, uh, the rising popularity of co working in this city, but also to offer this amenity to the people here in Avalon Park, who are looking for that type of space where they can come out and collaborate and find a place to work. I know that it's great to work from home and you have a lovely home in Avalon, but at the same time, I personally <laughs> you like to, to separate you know, yeah. work from home. Yeah.
3: And so when I come into a work environment, I know I'm there to work and I don't have the distractions of a home. Mm-hmm. And so personally, that's why I like it. Secondly, I would think that still, even if you live in this community, you know, it's a way to, to get out and you've got all of these great conference rooms. Yes. You know, we're absolutely. in one right now. You've got a podcast room, conference rooms,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
3: you have other other services to offer than just those, I'm sure, um, for people that would like to work in a co-working space. And and it does have the safety
1: factor here. Really yeah, sometimes you just need to get out and be in that professional environment mm-hmm. and have access to those types of things like the meeting rooms and the presentation room, the podcast room.
3: So you have printers, yes. I know, and you have, you know, concierge service here. Yes. And you can get mail here. And let me just keep going through the list because I, I love co-working because of the, all of those amenities. But it's also 24-7 if you have, you know, an office. Absolutely. I think one of the best benefits would be in this community is being able to be in here, see the fireworks go off from your office and looking out at the
1: fireworks. Oh, that's a great idea. There are some great views here of the Avalon Lake. Mm -hmm. So when those fireworks are happening, this would be an awesome spot. I think I'm going to take up on that next year. I'm going to tell you.
3: <laughs> so when 4th of July is coming yes. up, I know I my membership is 8 to 6, but I'm going to say, okay, 4th of July, it's going to be worth those extra hours to be able to be here after hours just to see the fireworks just to see the
1: fireworks yeah Yeah. and you know something that actually brings up a a little thing i want to mention all the natural light oh yeah space which is such a great thing to have when you're working all these big windows and the views outside Mm -hmm. with the sunshine coming in that's something we don't have in new york no yes it's it's just absolutely gorgeous and, and great for work
3: and you're in air conditioning (laughs) So, (laughs) you know in florida we have so much uh heat so Mm -hmm. being in an air-conditioned space you know that's a a big plus Mm -hmm. versus we're not in the cold yeah so that's what well, we talked about a lot of the services that the fifth floor offers. Is there anything that we forgot? I'm not sure.
1: Well, you mentioned that we do, you can get mail here for instance. So we have packages like virtual office packages. Oh yeah, yes. what is virtual mm-hmm. office? So a virtual office basically means that you'll be able to use this as your business address. You'll be able to receive and send out mail from the address. And then at the same time, you'll have access if you need it to rent meeting rooms or the podcast room or even a desk occasionally. And you there are people that have virtual offices that are maybe out of state or we have a couple already that are overseas, mm-hmm. but you need a business presence in the U.S. Mm-hmm. or here in Orlando, and you can use a virtual office for that.
3: I'll tell our listeners, the other advantage to that is when you're trying to get your business on the map with Google, you need to have a real office address. Mm-hmm. So being able to have it set up so that you may not even get your mail here, but you need to have a legit office that you can have on your Google map that's gonna be a huge advantage. Absolutely. Yeah, I know because I had to do that. (laughs) These are all of the reasons why I can sit here and go, oh yeah, and I will say, because I'm looking at one of the monitors, every one of your conference rooms has really big monitors. It has super nice technology Mm -hmm. in here, but you also have these desks that say that they raise and you can have a standing desk Mm -hmm. versus sitting and have ergonomical um, comfortable chairs. Yes. I'm going to throw all of these things out here.
1: How am I doing on the sales side? You are doing amazing. Okay, good.
3: Good. Maybe I'll get like five extra hours or something. You know, Or I can come here for free on the night of the 4th of July. So I'll throw that one out there It's my wish list. Okay, so let us see. Uh, well, we talked about the services. So I took away your question, Caesar. just so you know.
0: So oh, how does real estate play into co-working?
1: Yeah, I
3: don't know. Do you have to have a real estate one? Yeah.
1: You don't have to have a real, I, I, I do have a real estate license, but you don't have to have a real estate license to mm-hmm. do co-working. How does real estate play into it? So we're not doing, you know, showings of houses or large commercial spaces. Basically the spaces that we're showing in co-working are smaller, but it's kind of the same concept where you need to, you know, connect with the person that's looking for space, listen to them and bring them to the spaces that may suit their needs perfectly so that they'll be able to have the right you know space not like a house not like a storefront but that office space that suits them or that plan that suits them that's kind of how it ties in. Yeah. Do you have
3: to have, would you say that a residential or a commercial business real estate license, which would be better? Commercial. Yeah. Yeah. I would think so too. Now, later in the show, we also talk about like, what are the job opportunities in this type of an environment? And so mm-hmm. I would think that having some, some type of a real estate license was helpful, but you know, there's other, I'm sure there's other things that you might recommend we'll hold on to that one, too. What do you think the differences are between co-working versus a traditional office?
1: There's a lot of difference. And uh, (laughs) one of the main ones is that, as we said, there's the spaces that you're going to take are going to be a bit smaller. But then you have access to all the common areas that you wouldn't uh, in a traditional space. You would have to manage and maintain all those spaces yourself. And here in a co-working space, it's all done for you. Mm-hmm. So you can just go to your office and manage your business. And then everything around you is getting taken care of. And that also eliminates the overhead that you would normally have in the traditional space, you know, for a kitchen, for a meeting room, even for copy paper. All of that is already taken care of. And you don't have to staff for a receptionist or a manager like myself so it's it's just all in one package for you
3: so i'm going to also say this is a really state of the art and we didn't talk about this either the doors how do you get into your office like let's talk about that too
1: so that's what i like to call our star trek feature Mm -hmm. yes we have the the lockley locks so the locks are all electronic and you'd be given a particular code to be able to get into your office 24 7. you know no traditional keys or anything like that you're just going in and opening the door with your electronic lock.
3: So is it like a keypad and you know your code?
1: Yes, yes. Gotcha, okay. Well,
3: that's really, really fancy. So you don't have to worry about losing a key or anything like that. So I like that idea also. So we're gonna take just a minute to be able to acknowledge our sponsors. The Intern Whisperer is brought to you by Cat5 Studios who help you create games and videos for your training and marketing needs that are out of this world. Visit Cat Five Studios for more information to learn how Cat Five Studios can help your business. Thank you, Cat Five Studios.
0: Yeah. So you were talking about like getting into your office and like the keypad, like using um, technology. I wanted to ask, what if someone forgets like their like their password, like the way like to open the door? Like, what like what's the troubleshooting situation like in this? Like, what would you have to do?
1: So they can just contact me, or you know. The other staff here at the fifth floor and we'll be able to reset it for them Can you from, do remote from an app on our phone oh, that's yeah. so, nice. so even if it's you know the weekend or something and you need help we'll be able to help with that they become the emergency contact for everybody then yeah
3: there is something i wanted to ask it is another perk that's in here on the first floor what's going in on the first floor so people know
1: Well, something that I'm really excited about, we're going to have the Avalon Marketplace downstairs where we're gonna have nine food vendors. There's going to be beer hall, grocery. We're gonna have the Louisiana Kitchen, Mm. uh, Rosso's Coffee to name a couple. So it's going to be a a beautiful brand new eatery space that is also gonna be tied into the fifth floor where our members will be able to order catering from there. Or, you know, have delivery come up right from the first floor from the marketplace.
3: Very nice. Mm-hmm. I hope that they have something. I There was a woman I had met and she does keto brownies, I think, or something like that. I don't know, but it was keto friendly. And I was going, mm-hmm. that sounds super good because it sounds like it's less calories in yeah. my head. Yeah. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I'm not sure. We did some research about what the future of coworking industry is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And there's been so much press. There was speculation in Orlando business journal here that the co-working space would show like a 50% loss that people are enjoying working from home. And so now there's a 50% loss of rental space in the downtown area. Now in downtown Orlando, we have to pay for parking. It's not you know easily accessible. We do have Sunrail where we can go in to the office there, but it's again, it's on a certain track, you know east to west. So there's advantages and disadvantages I can see. I think that co oh, working, my personal prediction is that it will be going like crazy. It should do well. Because of the opportunity that you mentioned earlier, I like to separate my home life from it. And one of the things I built into my company budget for intern pursuit is the ability to co work, have co working in like San Francisco, in Boston, in New York, and then also in Florida. So that way, we can go to places. I love that the fifth floor is also international. That's mm-hmm. part of my expansion plan. Mm-hmm. So I could go to other countries and you know visit schools there or businesses there. So I feel like there's gonna be a huge advantage. What do you think that the future holds for co-working?
1: Well, I think the future holds for co-working right after COVID, for instance, begins to ease up on us. Yeah. We might be in a dip now, but we're going to see co-working really grow because of the fact that we found out that it's it's a great option for people to be able to work from home, to work from home sometimes and to come into the office sometimes, to do uh, some work of hybrid meetings, for instance, with Zoom and some people in person, and that larger companies are able to downsize to smaller spaces or to have offshoots in smaller spaces. And that uh, all these types of options, you know, this this time for us has really highlighted that for people. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the things that's going to really change the face of working when we come out of you know maybe into 2022, for instance. Mm. Um, and co-working is coming out more in terms of spaces like Orlando or even in Texas or other cities where traditional space was more well known. In New York, for instance, is well-established, there's a lot of different co-working spaces. There's plenty of competition because of just the nature of size, where in New York, everything is more compact and everything in a state like Florida is more spread out. But now people recognize the value of consolidating space.
3: Mm, I agree. I think one of the other advantages of co-working, again, is as people, we're meant for socialization. And I think that people are craving that because they're tired of being Absolutely. at home. and so the ability to come in and be in my own office little cocoon if you will. That's going to be an advantage but I can also come out here and still go and ask a question One of my fellow will say it's uh, I'm going to go ahead and say comp wise, because she deals in legal issues. I would find that really refreshing to be able to come out and say, hey, I have a question about, you know, workers comp. Can you help me answer this kind of a question? You know, and I love the diversity of not just the businesses that are here, but the sizes of the businesses. And I know that one of the things at another co-working space that I did visit that Salesforce had presence in as many of those places as possible. And so I think that even in that bigger sense, you could experience where it could be Salesforce that says, oh, we wanna have an office here. So you could end up with an international company having a place where any of their employees can come and drop in. It may not be specific to a person like what we typically have here, but it could be you know, like, okay, I need a place for employees mm-hmm. to come and drop in. Did you guys build that into the
1: possibility? The great thing about this space and co-working space is that you can kind of participate in the space to the level that you need for your business. So if you wanted to have a private space that you want to have 24-7 access and you have a few people that are working, you know, full-time Monday to Friday, that's a possibility. But if you wanted to do a combination where you just need a desk to come in two, three, days a week, yeah. or even a couple of hours, or if you wanted to just come and use the space for once a month or once period, mm-hmm. you, you have that capability. So we'll have different levels that you can scale to your business. That sounds really good. What did you find for us, Caesar?
0: I found that co-working spaces have become the expected preferable workplace of today's workforce. This is now truer than ever, especially as more companies shift to permanently remote work options following the coronavirus pandemic. Companies adapting hybrid work models are incorporating flexible workspace solutions into the real estate strategies in order to cater to the needs of remote workers across different cities and countries.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. And notice the key word for me was countries being part of the fifth floor that does have international presence. I think that is going to be very appealing because I, I don't necessarily know where I could go in, we'll say San Juan. I've never been there. But now that I know that there would be a presence that is really comforting for me, because I don't have to sit in maybe a coffee shop I can actually be in an office that feels more private, oh, professional, mm-hmm. definitely private, mm-hmm. because I don't want to be on a phone call, you know, talking with somebody next to somebody else that could be potentially a competitor, or who knows what, you know, it's just nice. It's really nice. So was there any other actor statistic that we were going to share? I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, Jacqueline actually mentioned this. It's, for reports i have found that suburban co-working spaces stand to win the most in post-pandemic world. As remote workers adapted, many are choosing to leave big cities in favor of more suburban and affordable areas. So I think that's that's true. That's spot on.
3: Yeah, and those were our latest. We did like research that would be just like a month old, and mm-hmm. so it looks really good for the co-working world. Yes. Yeah. So you know that is a good investment here mm-hmm. for the people that are in Avalon and also for Bayot. You know, he made a good decision there. All right. So one of our questions are what would a typical day look like for an intern to work here in your business? Now I know you don't have interns yet, but you do have two staff yeah. members here. Mm-hmm. So if you were to have an intern mm-hmm. or maybe you had interns in your other co-working books, yeah. what would that look like? What would you do?
1: I think that when it comes to co-working it has kind of a two-pronged uh, situation where an intern would be able to learn about operations on one end and about sales and marketing on the other end. So they'd be able to kind of go through the full life cycle of getting a member into the space in terms of learning about our marketing, our ads, our sales, doing tours and then following up until, you know, working through contracts. Once the member did join us or whatever type of plan they, you know, joined us for, then they would learn how to resolve issues, move in and move out, and just... Do you anticipate events? Oh, yes, absolutely. We'll also be working on lots of events throughout the year here at uh, the Fifth Floor. We're looking to not only be a great place to work, but, you know, a great place for the community to gather. In terms of networking and also some cultural, and for me, there's definitely gonna be some interest in some artistic. Oh, events. I'm glad to hear that. Yes. I'm I'm also really interested in hearing from the members what they'd mm-hmm. like to have in the space in terms of events. So that's definitely something that we, we wanna have in the space. Ooh,
3: I have one I'd like to propose. I'd yeah. like to facilitate it. Creating a vision board.
1: Oh, yes, that sounds I I'm signing up for that one. Okay, great. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I have my own vision yes. board, but I would love to do like a monthly vision board mm-hmm. type of a workshop here just for the fun, just for the people in the community, just to be able to help people get in that innovation space
1: Yes, inside and of their head. Yeah. And I think that's a great idea at this time when people are also thinking about what they want to do next in life, because mm-hmm. a lot has changed for people over the yeah. last year. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Okay, well, I'm glad you like
3: it. So yeah, it's (laughs) definitely going to tie into the art side. I think I'll bring in my vision board next time I'm here, which is Mm -hmm. I think supposed to be Thursday. So anyway. When we do the vision boarding, you know, that's going to be a lot of fun, but I also have Asana workshops, other things that I think that people in the community might like to know. And Asana is for project management and team communication, self-serving, a little promo right here. Okay, anyway, back to this. I'm glad you shared what an intern would be able to do, and events Mm -hmm. are key uh, because many hospitality and event management, that's what they fall under. And this is always gonna be a really great place for them to be able to get some job skills.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It would be an opportunity for them to kind of learn from both ends of not only in, you know operations and sales, but also Planning events here Mm -hmm. with us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
3: One of the things that I do is I take a little pause just to give our employers, our listening audience, which is predominantly business people, a little tip of the week because I am the intern whisperer. And so the tip of the week is the Department of Labor has seven criteria that have to be in compliance to be able to have an unpaid intern work with you. So we're looking at the criteria number four, And I always like to read it straight from that particular document so that I don't have I'm not using any other words. So it's the extent to which the internship accommodates the interns academic commitments by corresponding to the academic calendar. So what that means for the average layperson is a student that is going to be an intern here, we'll say at Avalon. It should be tied to a three-month semester because that's how long our semesters are here in Florida. Mm-hmm. A semester could be three to four months. A student would come in for three to four months to work in an unpaid capacity still, but it has to be tied to their majors. So you would not want to have a graphic designer come in and do work that is event management because that's not what they're there for. Right. We would not take a video student and have them do data entry, and I'm using those as two specific examples for our listening audience. All right, so that is the tip of this week. So we're going back to this next question. What is the best mentoring advice that you received or you would like to share with our listening audience that really helped you anywhere in your life professionally?
1: I would say the the best Advice, best mentoring advice I received in terms of work is to remember that you spend a lot of time at work. Yes, yeah. maybe you spend a lot more time at work than anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So, one of the most important things you can do for yourself and the people around you is to make your work life just as balanced yeah. and, dare I say, as beautiful, happy as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, When you come to work, of course, you're trying to achieve goals and you're looking for your direct deposit at the end of the week. You can make work a place that is a great place to come to if you have the right attitude. And that's very important. Yeah,
3: I think so too. You know, you have to make sure that you also love what it is that you're doing because people can tell if you don't love it. And at the end of the day, when I was trying to figure out what I was going to do, because often these little tips are for People that are either entering the workforce or they're transitioning from one area, from an industry or a job into another one. Just make sure that you don't feel like you have to know everything. Ask lots of questions. And then secondly, just make sure that you love what you're doing. And I don't know about you, but when I was trying to figure out my career path, I sat there and went, well, I like reading. I like research and I like writing. So I chose English as my major. And it's has never failed me because you can do anything like you said you did art mm-hmm. and that impacts everybody's life mm-hmm. yeah. we now go into what are some co-working jobs that people would be able to look for and so caesar did this one we have community manager an office manager community associate i'm pretty sure you can speak to those things but mm-hmm. i'm gonna let caesar go ahead and share the community manager how close does it align with the people you either hired or your role. So go ahead and share this one.
0: They are generally responsible, responsible for managing and handling communications in both directions. Community managers are involved in various activities such as communication, PR, social media, events and content creation. The average salary is 57,321.
3: So I don't know if that would be the salary here in Florida. You know, it's they're saying average across the country, which is fair. But do you think as a community manager, that's just solely part of the responsibilities? Because what is your official title here? Are you a community manager?
1: My official title is community manager. And I would say that those (coughs) duties that you describe are definitely part of what I do. Community manager also means that you're kind of the liaison between all the members and the owner of the space. It also means that you are there to work with people. And make sure that everything is running smoothly and everyone uh, is as happy as possible. That you can create a space that feels like a, a well-run machine. Machine. <laughs> I was yeah. looking for another one. And yeah. uh, to also, you you know, also the goal is to make sure that you're bringing in new members in terms of all the different plans that are offered here, and to keep all the office spaces occupied as well
3: office manager to me when i think about an office manager i typically think of what i see him in like a a law firm or very high professional organizations accounting maybe an architect maybe construction also doesn't have to be extremely high professional Um, construction i always think of it as a little bit more relaxed everybody's in jeans and t-shirts so it says that they essentially ensure the smooth running of an office day to day Mm -hmm. there's not as much focus on events they definitely are making sure that the office is running as main main responsibilities and it says it's 83 2 that's a, that's a pretty good, that's pretty good. Yeah, that is pretty good. <laughs> but I think that's going to be, you know, a larger space than maybe a co-working space. It's going
1: to be a pretty good size
3: firm or business
1: for the most part. Or if there's a, in terms of co-working space that would pertain to maybe a space that has a lot of different locations and oh, you need yeah. someone that's going to direct all the administrative, du- you know, and operational duties uh, throughout the different locations. I would agree
3: mm-hmm. with that too. How about community associate? You want to take care of that one?
0: Yeah. Community associate. They work to fulfill many networking, PR, and community engagement duties on behalf of a brand or organization. As a community associate, your job is sit and consists of managing projects, developing effect- effective outreach campaigns to increase awareness of a brand, service, or product, and tracking management engagement. The average salary is 46409
3: And so I think a community manager and a community associate seem to be merged together, I think, in this type of role that you have. Because, you know, that says, you know, member, member, um, what was it? Outreach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, managing projects and then member outreach, outreach Mm -hmm. for the campaigns, where it's not just in the previous one, it was about activities and communications. One seems more outward and this last one seems more people focused, Mm -hmm. I
1: think. So definitely a community manager and a community associate, those titles kind of tie in together because a community manager is also involved in the branding and marketing and advertising of the space. And a community associate would kind of be the one that would mainly focus on that while the community manager would kind of have different spheres that they would need to distribute themselves to. Mm, Gotcha. Yeah. 71.5%
2: of workers that used co-working prior to the pandemic plan to return to it. The Instant Group forecasts flexible workspace supply growth of over 21% in 2021. There's still a need for a physical work environment. From onboarding new members of staff to collaboration, some things often just work better in an office. Inner cities have become the most popular location type to date in 2020, with a 52% share of demand. Despite a slowdown in growth, research from the past year shows that the co-working industry will come out alive and strong following the COVID-19 pandemic. Specifically, reports have found that suburban co-working spaces stand to win the most in a post-pandemic world. As remote work is adopted, many are choosing to leave big cities in favor of a more suburban and affordable areas.
3: Hard to believe we're at the end of our show here. So how can our listeners contact you? Do you want to share your website, your phone number, email? What is it that you'd like to share with our audience? Sure, absolutely. You
1: can see us on social media. Everything is at Ooh,
3: the fifth which one? floor.
1: You can reach out, reach out to us on social media at Instagram or Facebook at The Fifth Floor. Or on our website, thefifthfloor.us slash EN for English, because you know we're an international company. Yep. You can reach me at Jacqueline at thefifthfloor.com.
3: Ooh, spell your
1: name. It's J-A-C-U-U-E-L-I-N-E. Mm-hmm. And that's the fifth floor with 5th.com.
3: Yep. And when we also share this in our audience, be sure to check our hashtags because you'll be able to see that that very special link there for their social channels as well as how you can connect with Jacqueline. Anyway, so Jacqueline, this has been fun. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you again for having me, Isabella, and this was an amazing opportunity to talk about the fifth floor and to talk to you guys. Thank you. So
3: Steve, Thanks for being on our show again. I always find you to be a really knowledgeable expert in this, a number of topics. So what I'd like to know is what do you think about co-working spaces? What do you think that future of it looks like before COVID, now after COVID? How do you think it's all going to pan out?
4: First, thank you for inviting me to be on your podcast. And regarding the future of co-working spaces, I really believe that things will go to back to normal. It may take time. People... Some people will be more sensitive to being around other people. But if you uh, have done multiple Zoom calls, you realize that there are things that you cannot communicate through Zoom that you can very easily communicate in person. And to build culture and to build an organization, you really at some point need to come together with people.
3: I agree, I agree. I find such value in that even inside of a company, you have community and community is, can be expanded. I have loved being a part of Starter Studios co-working space. In the most, just for our listeners to know, co-working in the world of startup is where there are tables. I'm sitting across from somebody else. I'm not in an office, mm-hmm. and I am sitting next, and I can go over to somebody right next to me and say, hey, I have a question about sales, or turn to the other person next to me and go, I have a question about software development it was so wonderful to be able to turn around and just talk to this giant group of people that had this shared vision of let's build something and make it great. Yeah,
4: and what I would say is I understand that the people coming into the workforce may be more comfortable with communicating through technology, but I can tell you that You're not a real person to somebody until you you meet them in person and actually shake their hand. Uh, There's something very important about Mm in-person and you can develop much deeper relationships with people if you take the time and you take the trip.
3: Yes, I agree totally. So that was before COVID. We've talked about even after COVID, but do you think that the industry, co-working industry, is going to rebound, that more people will go back into those settings? Oh yeah,
4: I I do. I think that there are some things that co-working may need to to transform to make itself attractive, but people love beautiful spaces Mm -hmm. uh, and people like to be around people. The co-working spaces that work are very well designed for people to gather and to to come together and provide a, a very pleasant environment. Those that are kind of warehousing of people, those weren't successful before and they won't be successful after.
3: Well, I'm gonna invite you to come down to the fifth floor and come check this one out. As you well know, I'm in the Avalon Park Group's Innovation Center and the fifth floor is a global brand. It is based out of Basel, Switzerland. They have locations in San Juan, Singapore, Sydney, Australia, and now Orlando, and they are expanding. It is so beautifully designed. It is amazing. The flow of the site is really, really lovely. And it does have a lot of high-tech features such as biometrics. You have to put your fingerprint to get into your office, you know, Mm -hmm. right on there. So really cool features, but I'll invite you down there so you can check it out for sure. Sure. Um, But we are also looking at one more thing before we take leave of this. We, as a part of the Orlando community, embrace co-working, what do you think you've been visiting some of the other co-working spaces? Are they more like offices or are they really having a sense of community in there? Without dropping names, we'll just leave it that way.
4: I think that once you get beyond a certain size, you do need some level of privacy. Business involves trade secrets, intellectual property, and so you may be in a larger space and you may not need a lot for your own and you're fine with sharing common areas, but I do think there's this combination or mix. The completely open floor plans are not as attractive for people. Um, if you're sitting in the middle of a museum, you're not necessarily comfortable. So you need places that you can go for privacy. And when, when your organization gets above 10 people, you probably need some kind of a, a space that is just specifically dedicated and secured for your employees. But that can exist and does exist in co-working spaces.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. And making sure that the offices are... I would say relatively soundproof because nothing is more frustrating than being in a space where I can actually hear what somebody else is saying and the walls are so
4: paper thin. Yeah, and some co-working spaces are by train lines or by construction. So when you have a lot of noise in the environment, it makes it difficult to concentrate for your employees. Yeah, it sure does.
3: So last question, what do you think uh, co-working will look like? You showed me something earlier today and it was with holograms. Do you think that co-working will have that type of technology so people would feel like they're in that
4: space? I think that travel can evolve. And if it's an experience that gives you the same experience as being there, there's volumetrics and there's hologram technology that is making it so that people can actually be in a room 2,000 miles away from where they physically are. So if you have something like that, where you don't, when you're looking around, it's not like you don't have to wear goggles. You're actually in the same room with the people. That could be something that would truly revolutionize either co-working or travel for business.
3: Thanks so much. I appreciate your insight.
4: You're welcome. Thank you again.
3: And just so our listeners know, Steve is somebody I pull in because he is a wealth of knowledge on a number of topics, industry, and also trending things like holograms. Thank you. Thank you. And I also give a special shout out to Cat5 Studios that produces our show, and also for Caesar, who is our associate producer intern, and our video and auditing team, Steve Neese, Ashley Gonzalez, and Nayla Ely. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.